about uh, the saying, I'm sorry part in the message, but uh, before we get to that, hey, if you're in the house, mom's with you today, hey, don't miss the opportunity, we don't want any regrets today, turn to mom and say, I love you, mom, you're a special gift of God, will you? Come on, come on, with gusto, yes, you are, all right, no regrets in the room, right? Mom, you're awesome, we're glad you're with us today. Uh, what we're uh, what we're doing is we're in the middle of a, a message series uh, called uh, "Dumping Destructive Behavior," and so today we're gonna we're gonna focus uh, on just taking one more step and uh, dumping one more thing, right? And so today it's dumping destructive behavior, uh, talking about uh, regrets, right? You know what regrets are, right? Regrets are those things that uh, creep into our lives when we do stupid things, when we do mistakes, when we just don't get it right, right? And, and we just don't get it right. We make those kind of mistakes, and then we get this kind of feeling that comes over us that's heavy and burdensome, and that's called a regret, right? And uh, we have regrets because, well, we all make mistakes, right? Uh, it's just part of who we are in our broken nature. We all make mistakes. We, we don't hit the mark. The Bible calls that sin. We just don't always get it right. We don't always say the right thing. We don't always do the right thing. And so because we don't always say the right thing and we don't always do the right thing, we end up with these things called regrets. Now we're going to accept today the premise that, uh, well, that's the way we are, right? That we, we make mistakes. Is everybody comfortable with that reality that you make mistakes in your life? Self-evident? Okay. As long as you're okay with that, now, we, if we're going to accept that, we also need to also accept together one other premise, okay? And that comes to us out of, uh, out of Scripture. If you go to Psalm uh, 32, uh, the psalmist starts the psalm saying, well, Our God, you bless everyone whose sins you forgive and wipe away. You bless them by saying, You told me your sins without trying to hide them, and now I forgive you. So as much as we accept the premise that says, Okay, we all make mistakes because we all make mistakes. Regrets are trying to get into our life. We have to accept the premise that this is not what God wants for our life. Notice in uh, what the psalmist said. Twice he said God wants to bless us. Did you see that? That God wants to bring blessing into our life. And, and God wants to bless us. And so one of the blessings he gives is giving us the opportunity to deal with our regrets. To deal with the behavior of our regrets. Why does God do this? Because God knows what regrets can do. God understands that if we hold on to these regrets, what they can, can do in our life, and they are destructive. Bible says that, Psalm 32 again, before I confessed my sins, so this is before he or she got rid of the regrets, right? You see that? Before I confess my sins, before I dealt with my sin and the regret that comes with that, my bones felt limp and I groaned all day long. Does that sound positive? Well, that's destructive stuff, right? It's saying that if you have regrets in your life, if you hold on to the behavior of those regrets, they get heavy and they weigh you down. See, here's what we do with regrets. We make those mistakes in our life, and then, uh, you know, we kind of continue in our life with this bag, right? And then uh, something uh, comes along, and we make that mistake, and along with the mistake comes this feeling of regret. So our first reaction is, 
instead of confessing to God right away, what do we do? We rationalize the regret. We take a hold of the regret. We hang on to that regret. We put it in our bag and we say, well, you know, it really isn't that bad after all. I mean, you know, whatever I did, it really wasn't that significant at all. I mean, come on, lots of people do the same thing. Lots of people have done the same thing, and they're fine. It's really not that bad. Have you heard that language before? And we make that mistake. Regret comes in. And we look at the regret, and we just kind of rationalize it. And then we say, besides all of that, if... If nobody else finds out about it, I'm okay anyway. But what are we left with? We're left with the bag, and we're left with holding on to the heaviness that the psalmist talked about with the regret. We just keep grabbing on and hanging on to the regret, and we don't dump it, and so we get the heaviness working in our life. Now, is there anybody in the room that's only made one mistake in your life? I suspect not, right? So what happens? Well, we make other mistakes and other regrets come at us and other regrets come at us. And and what do we do with those regrets? Well, if we don't rationalize them away, what we try to do is we blame them away, right? Another mistake comes into our life and and, uh, so we look at that mistake and the regret that comes along with it, the heaviness that comes with it, and we say, well, you know, it's actually my wife's fault. You see, if my wife would pay more attention to me, then I wouldn't have that temptation of looking at other women. Or, you know, it's my husband's fault. If my husband wouldn't work all the time and would come home and spend time with me, then I wouldn't flirt with other people, other men. Or we can come up with this situation or that situation, but what do we do? We try to shift the blame away from us and take the regret, and of course we just put it into the bag of our life experience, and we hold on to the regret by just trying to shovel it and saying, well, it's somebody else's fault, when in reality it stays right with us. We come by this in our old nature. If you look in our, in our uh, old nature, you can see both the way we rationalize and the way we blame, right? If you look at the way we blame, it says... It was the woman you put here with me, the man said. This is Adam. She gave me some of the fruit, and I ate it. Who do you blame? Guys, this is your turn. He blamed her, right? Okay. Gals, what's next? The Lord said to Eve, the woman, what have you done? And she said, well, the snake tricked me, and I ate some of it. What did she do? Same game, right? What do we do? We take the action, we take the regret, and we try to just blame it away somehow, thinking that's going to shift it somewhere else. In reality, all it does is stay in our bag. We try to rationalize it away, or we try to blame it away, and we're not done. If that's not good enough, if we can't somehow get it away a little bit, what do we do then? We hold on to it, we grab on to it, and we use it to blame ourselves. We use it to beat ourselves up. So we hold on to our regret and the heaviness that comes along with that regret and then we pull it out and we just kind of whack ourselves and beat ourselves up a little bit with it and push it further and push it heavier and we weigh our life down even more and we put it in our bag and it just gets heavier, right? And that's what happens. 
we tend to hold on to those regrets and beat ourselves up. Look at Psalm 22, the way David, the great King David, saw himself because of his regret. He said, But I am merely a worm, far less than human, and I am hated and rejected by people everywhere. How did he feel about himself when he held on to his regret? You see what happens to regret? When we hold on to it, when we have this behavior in our life where we just keep holding on to it, we keep putting it in our bag, it keeps creating this destructive nature in us. And remember, that's not what God wants for our life. That's not what God desires in our life. But it is what evil loves for us to do. You see, evil loves it when we hold on to regret, when we hold on to all that heaviness, when we feel it. When we hold on to that, evil rejoices because it says, look, this person's going nowhere and accomplishing nothing for the kingdom. Why? Because they're weighed down. They're weighed down in their regret. You know what? This thing's getting heavy. This thing's getting heavy. Doesn't it get heavy? I mean, does, really? Doesn't it get heavy in your life when you, when you hold on to those regrets and even though you try to rationalize them away or blame them away or whatever, they just get heavy because they keep revisiting and revisiting and revisiting because they're close by and they're so near. The Bible says it this way. If you go to Psalm 32 again. Before I confessed my sins, when I was still holding on to my regret, my bones felt limp, I groaned all day long. Night and day your hand weighed heavily on me, and my strength was gone as in the summer heat. You see, it just becomes this heavy burden that keeps creating problems and destruction in our lives. You see, it's always there. The bag's always there. It's always getting in the way of our relationships. It's always getting in the way of our being able to do things for God's kingdom. It's always getting in the way. Why? Because we keep holding on to it. All we know is how heavy it is. Governor of Texas uh, used to periodically go to uh, the, the penitentiaries, and uh, he'd meet with prisoners when he went. And this, I mean, this happened all the time. And so... Uh, uh, he went to the penitentiary, and of course he would go to the one part, and, and the prisoners would just line up to meet with the governor and plead for a pardon, right? And sure enough, they'd line up, and one prisoner would come up to him and say, Governor, i got to tell you, this is a huge miscarriage of justice. I mean, I never did it. I am absolutely innocent, you know? And the next one would come up, Governor, this is just a huge miscarriage of justice. <laughs> I never did it. I'm innocent. And another one would come up, and another one would come up, and another. And they all had the same story. Governor, I'm innocent. Huge miscarriage of justice. Until finally one day, finally one day, one prisoner came up to the governor. He said, Governor, I have to tell you, I did it. I am absolutely guilty. And I deserve every day that I spend in this place. But I want you to know, if I had the opportunity... I would live my life so different and try to make such a difference. Guess who got a pardon that day? Why? Because he was ready to face, he was ready to face the mistake. And he was equally ready to face the regret. And understand that when you face it and confess it, then you can let go of it. 
That's the way it works. You see, I am ready to let go of this bag. It is getting really heavy, right? And that's what we have to do. We've got to be, be ready to let go of the regret. The Bible says it this way. But if we confess our sins, God, He can always be trusted to do what? Forgive us and take our sins away. Do you see that? He can forgive us and take our sins away and the regret. You see, He can take the heaviness, the burden, all this stuff we carry with us. He can actually take it away. And that's what He did on the cross. What He did on the cross was to take all of not just the sins, but the burden, the heaviness, the regret, everything, and leave it right there. Now the key is, leave it right there. It says He came to take it away. Take it away. you got to be able to leave it right there. What do we do? Oh, what we do is we, we, we tell ourselves, okay, we're going to just leave it right there. We're going to walk away. We're going to, Jesus. But then something happens in our life and regret tries to get back and we run back and we say, oh, yeah, I remember that. And then we try to big, pick up the bag again with all the regrets to go with it. So what we have to do is learn that when Jesus died for us, he really died for us to take it away. To take it away so it no longer influences our life in a heavy, negative kind of way. Why is that important? Every time we go and hold on to those regrets and we let that behavior influence our life, it will lead to destruction. Look what the Bible says, Proverbs 28. Just read verse 13 with me, will you? You ready? If you don't confess your sins, you will be... Ouch! Do you believe that? Bible's telling you that if you don't, if you hold on to those regrets, if you hold on to that behavior in your life of those regrets, then life is going to be destructive. you got to be ready to leave it. If you're going to leave it, it means you have to let go of it and believe it. If you're going to leave it, you got to let go of it. And you got to believe it. you got to believe in the forgiveness that Jesus accomplished. Believe it so that you leave it at the cross. Psalm 32 again, it says, So I confessed my sins and told them all to you. I said, I'll tell the Lord each one of my sins. How many? Everyone, right? This is the invitation to let every single one of them and every single regret that's trying to be heavy in your life, you can leave it when you believe it. Look what he says. Then you forgave me and took away my guilt. You see that? To believe it for us then says, we believe that Jesus did this for us and that God is capable, that God is capable of taking this weight and this burden out of my life. That I can dump this behavior of holding on to regret. That God is capable of this Here's what Jeremiah 31 says. I will forgive their sins and forget the evil things they, will, they have done. Does that sound like leave it? Doesn't it? Now look what he says. I am the Lord, all-powerful. I command the sun to give light each day, the moon and the stars to shine at night, the ocean waves to roar. How great is God and how capable is God? 
awesome? See, God is capable to take this regret, this burden and this weight, and take it out of your life. But you've got to be ready to believe it. If you're going to leave it, it's because you believe that that's exactly what God did in Jesus Christ for you. Then you take the next step. You leave it because you believe it, but then you've got to keep on believing it. Remember what regrets do. Sometimes we, we push them off and say, okay, I believe it, I got it, fine, but then something happens and what do we do? We run back and try to pick up that bag again, remember? Something happens and we remember and that feeling starts creeping its way back into us. You know what that is, don't you? That regret tries to take hold of our life again. How do you prevent that? You prevent that because you believe it, but you also rejoice in it. You believe what God has done, but then you, you rejoice in it. Look at Psalm 32 again. It says, we worship you, Lord. We should always pray whenever we find out that we have sinned. Whenever what? Whenever we have to face the sin and the regret. When we worship, when we keep worshiping, when we keep focusing on rejoicing in what God has accomplished for us, and we keep talking to God about it and saying, God, you are awesome. You are so incredible and powerful and amazing in my life. You know what that does? That pushes the opportunity for regret further away. Regret can't creep back. You don't go back to try to grab the bag. Why? Because you're busy. You're busy worshiping, rejoicing, and celebrating the goodness of what God has done in your life. You remember, uh, who was it, Stuart... uh, was it Stuart Smalley who looked in the mirror? Saturday Night Live fans? Remember him? What did, what did he say when he looked in the mirror? He looked in the mirror and he'd say, uh, I'm good enough. Right? How'd it go? Come on, here it is. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. Isn't that what he said? I don't know if he does that in the Senate anymore, but that's what he did when he was on Saturday Night Live, right? Okay? You know what? we got to pick that up. As Christians, we got to pick that up and say, you know what? God is good enough, and God is great enough, and gosh darn it, Jesus died to take that out of my life. You get it? You see, we need to convince ourselves every single day and believe it and rejoice in it and say, God is good enough, and God is great enough, and I am just going to rejoice in what he has accomplished for me in Christ. And I leave the regrets behind. I leave the mistakes and the regrets behind. Now when I leave them behind, I also learn from them. That we have to let them go, but we have to let them also become that which we learn from as we learn ahead. We learn forward. The psalmist ends it this way. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and you put songs in my heart because you have saved me. What does God do? God protects him. God puts songs in his heart and God is his hiding place. What's he doing? He's moving forward, having learned from his regrets and saying, this is not what I want in my life anymore. I am going to stay focused on what God wants in my life. 
I'm going to learn from those regrets and mistakes. And I'm going to move forward and say, God is good enough. God is great enough. This is what God wants for my life. And I'm going to focus on that. Here's how he ends. You said to me, I will point out the road that you should follow. I will be your teacher and watch over for you, over you. You see, you have to be convinced where we started that not only do you understand you're a person that's prone to making mistakes and the regret that comes with it, but you also understand God wants to bless your life. God wants to bring more into your life. And from those regrets, when you let Him go, you move forward to what more God wants in your life. There was a, uh, a football game uh, some years ago, and uh, the guy from Georgia Tech uh, was fortunate enough to recover a fumble. You know, it was a high point in the game. It was almost halftime, and, and uh, the team player from Georgia Tech uh, recovered the fumble, and he picked up the ball. big guy picked up the ball, and he started running, you know, thinking, hey, there's my moment. I can get a touchdown. The only trouble is, in the whole thing, he got confused. You know, he got discombobulated. You know that word? Yeah, he got he got confused, discombobulated. He started running the wrong way. So he thinks he's running for a touchdown, but he's running the, the wrong way. He went for 65 yards until one of his own players tackled him on the two-yard line. Okay? Tackled him on the two-yard line. I mean, they couldn't move the ball out of there. They had to punt. They punted. The other team blocked the punt, scored a safety, two points on the board. The buzzer rang and they went in for halftime. That player went in. He sat in the back corner of the locker room. He took a towel, and he covered himself, and he just cried like a baby. Coach came in, gave the team a pep talk, you know, tried to get them pumped up for the second half, said, okay, here's the deal. Everybody who started in the first half starts in the second half. Let's go get them. All the players excited. They ran out of the locker room ready for the second half, except for... This one guy, he stayed back in the corner with that towel over his head. Coach went over to him and said, Roy, let's go. It's second half. It's time to go. He looked at the coach. He said, Coach, there's no way I can go out there. There's no way I can face my teammates. I can't go face the crowd. There's just no way that I can go out from this locker room. Coach didn't say much to him. He just put his hands on his shoulder. He said, Roy, the game's only half over. Half over. Get up and let's get back to it. Isn't that what God says? When you have those mistakes and those regrets. Isn't that what he says? He says, okay, fine. Confess each one of them. And move those behaviors aside. And let's move forward. Confess each one of them. Let Jesus Christ take the burden off of you. Move them aside and let's move forward together rejoicing and confident in what God can do because God's got something more. Remember where he started? God wants to bless your life. And so you can dump, you can dump the destructive behaviors and all the regrets and move forward knowing God has something greater. God has something greater. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We pray this morning that you would help us to uh, just change this behavior in our life and not hold on to all that stuff, hold on to the heaviness and the burden. We pray that we can just learn from it. We can move forward and become those people you want us to be. 
We thank you today for the good news that Jesus Christ is able to carry every burden and lift every weight. We just rejoice in it. We believe it. And now we move forward confident that you will bless us through him. We ask this in his precious name. Amen.